Modern Black Man Podcast. Welcome to another episode of Black Man Podcast. Today, I'm delighted to be joined with um, someone that's becoming a friend, Tiffany. Um, Tiffany, can you hear me okay? Yes. All right. Um, we have a, a good show today. Um, instead of coming up with a clever name, I'm just going to say what we're going to talk about. Um, we're going to talk about adult traumas and growing as adults. It, it um, just to kind of lead into the topic of conversation, it seems like this is something that we're afraid to talk about, isn't it? Like it's stigmatized, it's uh, volatile. Something with it just makes us feel vulnerable. And I just want to have an honest and open conversation um, about our adult traumas and how we react or deal with them. Do you ever feel that in uh, your everyday life, trauma is something that you you deal with in some form uh, on the daily or something that gives you uh, the way that you inform information around you? Do you ever catch yourself in those moments? Um, can you kind of rephrase that? I'm having a hard time mm-hmm. understanding exactly what you want. Like a significant event from our childhood. Uh, usually to categorize it, it'd be like sexual, verbal, or physical abuse. Something that happened that, or even a disaster, something that you've seen that'll make you, you know, maybe change as a person and experience you never forget. Uh, like I say, something that kind of um, you do with, like a trauma. Um, I want to talk oh, yeah. about things that hurt us and how we grew from them. Uh, we turn hurt into spurt is what I like to say. That's my little thing thing. So have you ever had an experience like that? Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Now you said turn hurt into what? Spurt. Oh, okay. Yeah, like a tree, right? Because you grow. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's, I can't say that I, that's void in my life. I think everyone has a trauma. So why is it so hard for us to talk about? It's like the most intimate thing after social security number for, for a lot of people, including myself. Um, that's kind of why I'm comfortable talking about it because isn't that real? Yeah. So if you had to think of your trauma, what would you, uh, what would you call that moment out in? Uh, was it a, if you're even comfortable uh, talking about it, obviously, I mean, but if you have an experience you can relate to, maybe something that's not directly uh, correlated to your experience, talk, you know, I mean, I think boys go through that a lot. We are emasculated the first time our mother takes the the breast away, you know, for a lot. I, I really and truly believe that. Um. And I think it just grows from that experience. You know, every progression, there's some hurt. Falling off your bike is a trauma. Having your mom or your father um, feminize you or um, emasculate you. Do women get feminized at a young age? I don't know. I could only imagine being the opposite sex, though, being uh, objectified prematurely. You know? Right, right. Um... I guess, uh, you know, growing up, I didn't know who my biological father was, um, you know, and so later on finding out as an adult 
and then attempting, you know, to meet him and just being met with, you know, like basically the same thing that I grew up with, someone that couldn't handle it or didn't know. It didn't ever work out us actually meeting. And I'm, you know, I'm okay with that. Um, You know, I've just accepted it for what it is. But definitely growing up, you know, in a situation like that um, can be traumatizing. And that definitely led me to make uh, certain decisions. Absolutely. Because you shared that, I'm going to share a deep experience from my life. Um, I really do think it was a moment that informed me. Um, when I was like in grade school, you know, my parents were going through divorce and all that craziness. Right. And, um, you know, both my parents worked for the airlines. Like that's, that was the dopest stuff back in the day. Like you could just get on a plane with your parents and go to different countries and cities and, you know, states or whatever. And, um, you know, they was going through it and, um, my pops just played like he didn't know who I was. So that really kind of scarred me in uh in certain veins i told you about my mom last time on our last recording that didn't uh get finished mm-hmm. you know they, i'd go out of the i'd go wherever and i'd just be dropped off so i mean i i know at being very young what that's like and it's just something that like i said uh probably informs me in a lot of things you know when your own parent you know, tries to play you like that, or parents in in whatever way they do, it's um it it has to create some kind of personality um, designed around that, which is the topic of conversation. I actually have a lot of different things to speak of, but I just wanted to have us kind of put out um, traumas to you know just 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 really get the conversation pushing in the right direction. You know. Yeah. So. I'm- um, I think that we grow trauma after trauma after trauma, but there's an inception of certain things in our personality. And I know that myself, I'm incredibly impatient and highly independent. Um, when I'm in, in a certain environment, that's just the only way I can be. And I mean, we're supposed to be more social and linked up and in certain relationships, intimate, right? Right. And just not being able to make that connection can be frustrating relationships. You ever been with a guy and he can't connect? There's just some barriers to his intimacy. Um, That's probably informed by, if not general trauma, childhood trauma. And I know women probably have their own trajectories and experiences as well, but it's just a a really informative uh, conversation I want to have about just difficulty um, in your younger years causing you to just completely forget decades experience? Oh, yeah. Um, I guess my memories start around four, five, maybe. But other than that, I really don't remember much before it that age mm-hmm. and then do you ever have like the flashbulb moment like the 
black hole <laughs> where you remember doing something great or amazing and just all these, you know, um, feelings that went with the moment, but you don't remember um, maybe that point in time. It just is like a blur. Like maybe even some people, they say that the blur is high school. <laughs> and I mean, it's, it, it's, it's exactly what we're talking about today. If they're not big traumas, they're micro traumas. And that's just a response from the brain and how incredible this is, you know, how our minds maneuver around um, our trauma. So we talked about uh, years being blurred out. Um, what about like not wanting to speak on specific relationships that are, that were toxic, you know, have you ever found yourself in a situation where you know you're, in a relationship or you have an association or some dealings with someone and it's just toxic. You don't know how this person got in your life. Oh yeah. I think we all have that. Um, whether it's a friendship or, you know, a romantic relationship. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I've definitely had to, you know, kind of regroup and, uh, you know, kind of like move myself away from certain people and uh but you know there were a lot of things with that there were a lot of things with me personally I'm out you know I was able to really work on me and decide hey that's not energy that I want around me so you know, you make those changes and you start accepting, you know, um, things that are acceptable and, you know, rejecting things that aren't. You said that you're willing to take what is accepted? No, you, you stop accepting things that are unacceptable. Mm. And I think that's the informed um, decision, uh, a learned behavior for a lot of us. But do you ever... I. I have you ever experienced where you accept the love you think you deserve uh, and everyone's hard to trust and it's hard for you to be vulnerable. And sometimes you mistake it, that, that distance for love or presence, like a toxic relationship. Like I know I've had, you know, obviously um, <laughs> females that have no care at all um for whatever whatever the reason is whatever the attraction is based on and it's just so empty and i know women get that as well but i think a lot of women try to play this love deficit as um it's physical right um what that short-term just highly disposable relationships i think i'm labeling them under toxic relationships uh, where you're just so traumatized from past relationships, um, whether it's a mega transgression or something small, where you end up, you know, um, ending up in relationships that you have to find out the hard way are simply physical. You have no, you know, this person does not care about you. Like, she doesn't love you, bro. <laughs> She's just saying it, right? And the same thing for women. I'm sure that they give themselves a man that is completely undeserving because they're wanting to fill a void, right? Maybe that's a good other way of uh, kind of stating that premise. Yeah. Um, you know, I was just speaking 
about a relationship um, that I decided to be in a couple years ago. Um, And I knew this person for a long time, and I knew the type of guy that he was. I knew that it was a very stupid decision to try to, you know, um, be anything other than a friend. But at that time in my life, there were a lot of people around me, like my friends or just associates that were getting in relationships and getting married. And and I was like, oh, you know, I want that. I want to show somebody off on, you know, the internet, this, that, and the other. Um, But I was definitely at a different place in my life at that time. Um, But yeah, I accepted that uh, relationship or I put myself in that relationship just to have somebody, you know, I knew what it was the whole time. I knew it wasn't the type of person that I would want to be with you know, for long term, um, and vice versa. So, you know, and I, I, I had to realize, you know, a couple of years later, that, you know, growing up without having an active father, and not really having many male figures around me, except for my granddad, um, you know, and he passed away when I was probably like nine or ten um but it didn't dawn on me until later on well into my adult years that over time I would you know get into relationships or I was seeking that type of love that my grandfather gave me you know from other men um but I didn't realize that until you know like I said I had already made a whole bunch of stupid decisions and I was well into my adult years But that goes um, with the conversation of trauma and what things that how how things that we experience shape and mold our mindsets and, you know, decisions that we make as we continue to get older. It's just, you know, like um, I think the next graduation is that relationship where you feel like you don't deserve love at all. Um, I know that I'm. Uh, myself kind of I feel at the point of growth where I really am moving beyond that like instead of I want to love obviously but being loved is okay and seeking that out is okay and I've experienced growth through this because I obviously had avoided for so long uh, making those deep deep connections but I think that relationships for me can uh, unlock a desire for love. I think that you really have to want love to meet love and to connect with love. You can't get with someone who doesn't want to give love and match. I just I just don't think that's a true possibility. I think you can manipulate, maneuver around a, a guy or a gal and have a successful relationship and put years behind it. But I'm not trying to make um, a relationship for 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 years. I'm trying to make years for a relationship. You know, like I really want there to be loving seasons to do different things, and I know that that's not a possibility with someone who doesn't want that. Have you? You know, definitely that's what it is for me. Uh, maybe there's other things for. There's certainly other things for other people, but the way I'm getting down these days, uh, you really got to mean it and 
it's so easy, especially in D.C., to find a pretty face and a bad body and everything naughty. But, like, really trying to find some love in someone that cares about you. Like, it's different. It's a different experience. Right. So would you say that um, there was something in your experience in life that caused you to make certain relationship choices or i.e dating is it a category of women or a ethnicity of women a specificity well we're talking about trauma you know Mm -hmm. and growth from trauma but you know it seems as though we've turned into talking about relationship trauma so, true true i i and i you know i'd be trying to not turn it into the right relationship true but you can see these parallels in relationships uh so yeah i just said that like all that about specific relationships and matching with these traumas well yeah i mean and i mean trauma definitely you know coincides with just you know relationships and developing relationships because um, you know, most people experience something traumatic at a young age, you know, and yeah. and this usually affects the way that they carry on relationships, whether it's a traumatic experience, like even even a young girl or a young boy, like, you know, when it was Valentine's Day in school and, you know, everybody had to buy everybody a Valentine, you know, but as you got older, it was like, oh, I'm just going to buy a Valentine for somebody I like. Um, And then you may not get that Valentine from somebody, you know, like if you got someone a Valentine, they didn't get you one. Um, But those are, those can be considered small things, but, Right. That might really affect somebody, you right. know, and affect the way that they approach things as, you know, they move forward. Absolutely. And I mean, uh, I think that the next graduation from that is um, just passive aggressiveness, negative self-talk and really believing that I, I, want, I don't want to curse, but I think it's going to make for better recording if I curse. What do you think? Um, you just do whatever you feel do whatever I feel um, it, it just it just intensifies things I guess is what I'm saying passive aggressive what intensifies things passive aggressive behavior and, and like negative self talk um, because of your disappointment because you grew up because your mother was an alcoholic or your father was a drug addict uh, because your parents were absent because they had you know, whatever distraction it is that leads to your individual drama, but because you weren't used to a a mutual loving and caring relationship, you go out and you seek these negative relationships. Like you say, like maybe not having a father figure, um, either over or undercompensating for that. You know, like some women want the really controlling men, other women want the totally aloof man. Um, and all those little micro dynamics uh, make every relationship different and more rewarding than the last. Um, I, I definitely, you know, have, have, have experienced in multiple relationships just the um, 
awareness of what you're not doing um, that could really fulfill someone's needs, you know, like maybe that's just me. Maybe I shouldn't admit that, but I try to work on that, but it is hard. And I think that a lot of women are unrealistic where they just expect you to know, right? Like they just expect you to understand and them saying it or them repeating it is just going to snap your mind to attention in my experience uh, to what you're doing wrong. Um, and I don't have that experience where you, any woman, um, gets me, directs me with once and I've got all my problems fixed. I, if my life were that simple and that were, I think if that were a realistic expectation, um, relationships would be so much easier, but they're not. We're valuable people. We make mistakes. Um, I've, I've met a lot of, you know, beautiful women, but their breath all stinks in the morning. Um, and we all have, we all, we all poop, right? Everybody poops, just like the kids book says. So I just hold out hope that there is a cross connection with a woman that can check all the boxes and, um, we could have some kind of longevity. I mean, that's why I think I'm, I don't know. And, in, in, and like I said, I've come to the graduation of working on me. Uh, to approach uh, this relationship. Um, and it's definitely, you know, a, a successful strategy, but there's still holes in that plan. Uh, finding love is not easy. I think that it's easy to put years behind an individual, but if you don't really care about them or they don't really care about you, that's traumatic. That's, that's going to hurt you. That's going to hold you back. And if you continue to go to those relationships, you're going to continue to be broken. But if you can find a person meets all of your needs, puts you as a priority, um, and maybe even for some provides, right? Protects and, you know, professes their love for you and their care for you. Um, there's longevity comes with ease what concerns me with you know all with with a lot of things is just the expectations that are built yeah um can we talk about adult like can we talk about male trauma mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because i've um i know a couple of men you know who have been in abusive relationships with oh wow yeah i definitely want to talk about that um, and I can uh, and, contribute some more. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, and because I don't think that that's something you know that is talked about enough. And I know what being in abusive relationships did to me, to my thought processes, to um, what I would allow, how I would allow people to treat me. Right. Um, because when you just from my experiences um you know when you're in a in an abusive relationship you learn defense mechanisms um so that you don't trigger any abuse so a lot of that is suppressing your own feelings or you know um making yourself small so that the other person is appeased you know so for a man who, because, you know, we already talked about male ma masculinity and the issues with that, 
um, as far as society is concerned, you know, so a man that experiences abuse, um, you know, like, I can only imagine what comes from that, you know, how a man feels after that. I can only imagine, but, you know, it's, it's usually displayed, like, in their assertiveness, you know, say that again about the assertiveness it's usually displayed in their assertiveness and it's usually a lack like I feel like once mm. a man has been um, abused he lacks that assertiveness um, because like I said you kind of suppress things so that you don't trigger any abuse you know mm. so a lot of so I met men before where it's like you know they they don't want to tell you they don't want they don't they can't or they haven't found a way to be leaders because they've been abused you know their masculinity masculinity has been you know taken down and they've been demeaned so when it comes to like making even the smallest decision you know it's like oh well you know what do you want to do well I want to do whatever you want to do you know what I'm saying? Versus saying, hey, let's go here. Let's do this. You know, I planned it, blah, blah, blah. It's more so, oh, is, is this person going to be mad if I say this? Or, you know, um, because that type of thing does exist. Absolutely. The toxic um, male masculinity the challenges that come with it when it matches with femininity, you know? So what are your experiences with abuse? Because I think that a lot of men are abused. And well, okay, I'm going to say this, and people, I'm not going to get deep, deep. Um, a lot of people understand what types of, you know, like the various forms of abuse. Like, you know, immediately people think physical, but that's not always the case like constantly demeaning someone or making them feel low or even just projecting your insecurities onto somebody else those are very toxic and abusive behaviors are you talking about doing this to men um right i'm talking okay. about as far as men are concerned because i've seen men i've yeah. seen men in relationships the woman is just always like, oh, well, you, you know, you ain't shit and, and this, that, and the other. And then, you know, when you're constantly um, being demeaned and you hear that, like, those things start to have a toll on your mindset and how you think about yourself. Absolutely. And I think for men, um, I'll, you know, uh, for boy, oftentimes, if a boy is molested by a female, uh, specifically in our community, it's almost celebrated. Um, and at times it's uh, collaborative, you know, getting people together to make a man out of uh, someone who's obviously underaged, but as well um, significantly younger than we would send off our daughters. Um, and it's almost a responsibility um, on black men to prove their masculinity at, at an early age. Um, you know, 
I can speak from my experience. I actually, you know, I've talked about this in previous episodes. Um, I had a sex therapist on and, you know, male, you know, sexuality beginning in as young as grade school um, versus in high school because you're a male is toxic. How do you expect to produce? I don't know. Maybe I'm going too far. Maybe I'm, I'm, I'm beginning to believe what women say and I'm torching. I'm not only think I'm torching things in masculinity, but, but toning down or uh, protecting male virginity a little bit more than we protect it now is all, you know, um, making sure that our um, sons can really aim at pleasing their partners. Um, and I mean, I don't think that we can really have a goal of, um, I don't think it's fair to, to legislate that boys care about women um, to its deepest extent, um, something like an in, in intimacy. But um, I think that would be a, I don't know. I would anticipate that is the the female counter to my paternalistic measures um, for males. That you know maybe we could do something, uh, at least pretend like we care about it, because maybe that will change. Not like that's my goal, but maybe that would even change um, sexual maturity um, from going from a simply be erect and ready. Uh, or, or, or be sexualized in, in, in rhetoric that you're making and having gang to get uh, the babysitter to mess with you because you're underage. Um, you know what's so funny? This is making me think about a conversation I had with my daughter um, because there's a show that she makes me watch with her. But I actually like the show now, but it's called Riverdale. And... Um, you know, all of the characters that is based upon, you know, characters that are in a high school. Archie. So, right. Um, so they're all in high school, but all the characters on the show are played by adults. And, you know, she was asking me, you know, like, why do they do that? And I was like, well, probably because they're having sex so much on these shows. Exactly. <laughs> Using the real actors is sexual uh, acts. <laughs> huh? Yeah. Yeah, they can't have minors playing um, you know, acting out sexual acts. But so, we've been doing that since Saved by the Bell though. I that's what I told her. I said it's always been like that. And then she was like, Well, that doesn't make sense because, you know, we're we're young kids and we're looking at these Mario Lopez is 57 years old. They're adults, <laughs> you know, they're adults and they're attractive adults and they're, you know, like having sex. So it kind of makes us want to, you know, explore and know more about it. <laughs> and I was like, that that's very true. Like, it doesn't make sense that they do that. But, um, you know, that's just going to, going into what you were saying about what adults need to do and how we need to train our young people to treat um, each other, mm -hmm. you know, because I told, you know, I tell my daughter, I told her way before high school, even I was like, you know, there'll, there will always be time to try to have a relationship or, you know, explore your sexuality. That's always going to be there. Um, high school to me is not the time for that because you have a focus that you need to 
stay focused on and sex is only going to or like you know trying to be in a, a high school relationship or having sex like that takes away from what your focus is and there will always be time for that men are always going to be around they're always going to you know approach women you know and vice versa like it's no but because there's so much on tv there's so much music that you know it's just oh everything is just over sexualized and it's always been like that i mean i've you know i remember being in middle school you know when bump and grind came out and i used it's to start something that'll blow your mind I used to have The Bump and Grind remix was everything to me. So, do you think we're like more sexual now than we were with Bump and Grind and Slip and Slide and Luke and everything else? Honestly, I, I don't even know. Like, I try to be like, oh, y'all's music is so bad. But when I go back and I listen to stuff that I was listening to at this age, I was like, oh, well, you know, it's pretty much the same. You know, it was just delivered a little bit different. Do you remember Freaknik? Because I remember being 10, 11 years old in the barbershop talking about how I was going to go to Freaknik. Like, it's just, it's levels to this, right? Like, uh, do you remember that? Yeah. Um, like, I was just talking about that during the All-Star game the other day because one of my friends, she was like, well, All-Star weekend is the new Freaknik. And I was yeah. like, oh, really? I didn't know. <laughs> I wasn't the baddest. I mean, I don't know if it's that's what they say. I'm not living that life, but those those are the baddest women in the world. And I want to talk about this too because this is the argument I have with my girlfriend all the time. Um, the uh, uh, sexualizing beautiful women um, is that toxic? Because I want to go back to the dynamic we talked about about how pressure is on guys to go to All Star Weekend and pull. Um, there, there's a pressure on masculinity, and if I had another male on the show, we could really possibly uh, go a little bit deeper on that. Um, but I don't know. Um, Freak Nick ninety four. Um, <laughs> let's talk about. I think that is um, traumatic. Like, if I'm being honest. I'm just going to be a little transparent. And I remember the first time that I saw porn. Mm -hmm. um, and it was a man that was like masturbating. And I just like, I couldn't believe what I was seeing. I must have been like nine or 10. And it was so crazy. I was, you know, my sister, she's older than me. She was supposed to be watching me and everything. And um, so I was just checking along with her and her friend. We go into her friend's apartment or home. I look, I don't know. But um, it was just porn just on the TV. And I was like, what the hell? I didn't know what was going on because I'm like nine years old. <laughs> nine, ten years old. So I was just like, whoa, what is this? Um, and then I didn't realize, so like later on in life, I um, realized that that type of thing aroused me, like seeing a man, um, you know, like be intimate with himself 
And I was like, well, why do I like this so much? Because you like size, <laughs> Tiffany. I huh? can just, I guessing from as an outsider looking in without ever having any uh, sexualized experience, I think that you're into size. Mm, well, no, I honestly, I feel like that um, experience as a young child seeing porn for the first time and it's a man, you know, masturbating. I really feel like that, you know, stuck into my subconscious. But you said so, you like it, right? Right. It's something that I didn't realize until later on that it was, you know, around. But that's kind of cool. You're not size, you don't have sizeism. You don't care if it's a big ones, little ones, white ones, black ones, yellow ones. Or are anything. you asking me that or are you telling me that? I'm asking you. Um, no, I pretty much have a preference. Okay. okay. <laughs> Pretty sure I have a preference, but yeah. But um, yeah, we, we we all have these experiences that inform us, and like you said, you didn't know then, but it came from childhood, and it's pro. It's I do you think it's your growth as an adult with just realizing that? Because I have those aha moments, right? Far too often. Um, you know because <laughs> that's the thing about that's the thing about trauma like you don't um you really don't realize the effects until you get older and a lot of it you have to be self you know like you have to be searching to like be a better person or figure out why your behavior is the way it is and why you're doing some things or making certain decisions you know and once you reach that point to where you're trying to figure things out that's when to me well this is just my experience that's when I figured out how much things that I experienced you know trauma or whatever had you know shaped me and in, in my thinking and my desires and my actions you got the last, the, I, I think that's the penultimate subject in the whole topic that we've been talking about is failure to recognize self at the end of the journey. When you look in the mirror and the person that you see is beyond a stranger. And I mean, at least that's my experience. I mean, have you ever, I mean, I don't beat myself up for it. I, I really try to get growth in every day. I, I know that my life has changed as I've just, you know, aimed for other things. And in those things is, is exactly this, is really understanding these things that we're talking about and living in my moment from it and just growing from it as opposed to staying stuck in my state of trauma. Um, definitely. Do you remember the first time you ever saw porn? Yeah, I was young. Um, I talked to my girlfriend about this not too long ago. We just got back from New York. We went to the Museum of Sex in Manhattan. And just just like every sexual artifact going back to like black porn from, uh, you know, Jim Crow. And um, the first time that I saw porn was incredibly young. Uh, I was probably at max four or five. And um, I grew up in a small town um in the middle of nowhere in Missouri at the time right and I remember there was an Italian-owned corner store uh, I just remember my man Sam 
was the one at the store. This was back when you could go buy your dad's cigarettes, um, get a couple of beers, uh, some porno and some bubble gum for like, I don't know, five bucks. But uh, this was back in the heyday, right? And um, yeah, I was incredibly young. Uh, and I remember that going on until I was probably 12 or 13. Um, and then I remember when I got to college, that's when um, the the awakening between men, white men, uh, they started learning about uh, porn ruining your ability to have attraction to women. Um, I'll go a step further. I know where I went to school at. Shout out <laughs> Northwest Missouri State University. We, we the dopest uh, Division Two school in uh, in the history of ever. You know what I'm saying? It's it's where. Uh, niggas go to get on the championship, but we don't always graduate. But I got my paper. Uh, I went to a few other schools. We'll probably talk about that in other episodes. Um, speaking of trauma, um, as I digress, um, just, just, just all that, you know. Just yeah, there's, um, there's this documentary. I don't know if we spoke about this on our last recording, but. Um, I always tell people about this documentary on Netflix called The Mask You Live In. Mm. And it's a whole um, documentary about male masculinity and the way that uh, masculinity or society of masculinity are forced upon boys at a young age and even girls. Like um, one example I'll give is that they put in the um, documentary is like toys you know they always even you know at a young age they promote very like you know flowers and very like prissy so speak you know like those little hearts and bows and doll babies for girls and then boys we're about to blow up in the floodgates gi (laughs) rockets everything's like fighting and you know so that's just one example of you know that those those things because i used to like cars like when i was I didn't really care for dolls so, so much. Like, I liked Barbies a little bit, but I'd rather build one of those Hot Wheels tracks and watch the cars go through. Mm. (laughs) That's more so, like, what I was into. And then, like, even with my daughter, um, she is a techie nerd. You know, right. And when (laughs) when when she was younger and I would try to, like, buy her, dolls and cute little stuff like that that you know you you think you're supposed to buy your girl like she never wanted to play with it she always wanted some kind of like techie device she was just intrigued by it so I stopped buying dolls and stuff for you her would look up and get that kid wouldn't you so she's gonna be the next uh, Bill Gates I, you know what I keep telling her that she has all the potential in the world um, but you know, she's had, she's had her own experiences that, you know, shot her confidence and herself down. So we're kind of at an age and a time where we're just, you know, building that up and trying to get her to really see how amazing she is. Like, I, I don't want to just say it cause it's my daughter. <laughs> 
It's true. Like if she if she has some issues, I'll be like, man, you know, my daughter has some issues. <laughs> you know, but she's she's amazing. And I that is so dope. I, I I can't wait to be a parent to have those moments. Um, but I think that it's much firmer of a reality. I'm going to say something that's definitely probably out of line, but don't you think that there's generations where like exceptionism, um, like, um, like you say, your daughter, I, I really feel that with our kids, we can project them to, to things. And it's not the same as it was. I don't think it's the same barriers that existed 20 or 30 years ago it's it's especially in this area of wait a minute let me get myself together dc is ridiculous this is the land of black privilege and i just see um how things are done and maybe my kid will go to duke i get it i get it yeah but also just um you know i said like you you can do whatever you want like if you're passionate about something, then, you know, pursue it. Take the steps to do whatever needs to be done to enhance that passion and to use that passion for, you know, something great. She will, man. That's, um, you know, that level I hope to get to one day. Um, but um, I know the identity you know, it's huge. Just knowing who you are and not feeling like you have to overcompensate um, to be uh, around your mate. I think that too, ma- too many times that's how we approach relationships. I know I've definitely been in a situation where you're caught re- with the realization that you just are with a partner that doesn't want to give you the same energy. They don't want to give you, they don't want to match you. Um, and maybe it is because of their trauma and just recognizing that to move on and find the person that's truly going to give to you, care about you, be loyal to you and um, check off whatever your boxes are. So um, I don't know. I just, I think it's such an interesting topic and you can just divide it and, and relate to it, vibe with it so many different ways. It's, you know, so what do you uh, think beneficial. is what do you think is the number one way for adults to you know get over trauma all the growth um i think that way too much this is just my personal opinion and i'm i'm nobody right um we react so like shorty cheat on you she you know <laughs> she 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 doing what she doing right like, instead of being bent, um, a strategy could be being hell-bent on finding someone that cares for you and pours into you and doesn't just take from you and, um, you know, have these grand expectations uh, with minimal uh, participation. Um, I think that's where a lot of, I'll speak for myself, right? I've had trauma like that where you, you know, you can just assess from someone how little they truly um, care genuinely. And that's fine. It's just interesting how women have the power where we men find ourselves drawn to them to take them down, right? To, to bed them, to body them, 
you know, because of our toxic masculinity. Um, and then we're dealt with realizing that these are people. These are whole breathing, living people uh, that have feelings. And it's just so much bigger than, than what, what we deserve it to be. But that's the world that we live in. And our, I, I've talked about it before on the show. We have these toxic relationships where, you know, they're disposable. It's literally as far as microwaving and disposing of your trash. Whether it's, you know, the trash food, trash TV, or trash talk that we make, we have these superficial relationships that have no depth, no substance. Um, I actually brought a poem for tonight, but I'm just so embarrassed right now. Uh, I'm going to save it for another episode. Um, But, you know, it's just things like that. I mean, we live in a, a highly sophisticated world where people are afraid to be genuine adults have lost their imagination unfortunately uh, especially the kids that grew up without all the technology uh, we were clearly void of social media uh, we had toys uh, we I remember we just called it play like what do you have to do I'm about to go play like like I'm about to go outside I'm about to go to the park I'm about to go walk I'm about to go bike I'm about to go ride I'm about to go do something and it was about being out. And now I, I'm not even a parent, but I'm petrified to let my kids go out without my supervision. I actually, I'm entirely freaked out about it. It's not the same world. Um, and I think that all goes to trauma. People hurt people, hurt people. Basic, right? Yeah. Yeah. I absolutely appreciate you taking the time and, um, you know, um, I definitely want to uh, ask you if you don't mind. And, and I mean, I'm not done. Ra- if you want to wrap this one up, uh, I do want to understand how things have been going with you. And I'd like for you to talk about your, um, you know, just your business. Are you trying to grow business still? Are you, you good with business? Oh, no, I'm always trying to grow. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. Currently, I'm just working on um, revamping and redesigning my logo. Um, I got a good friend that can do that for you. Um, well, I've already started. I don't okay. want to. Yeah. <laughs> I've already started. I've been working with somebody. Um, but it's going, in a, it's going in a good direction. Um so yeah, I'm I'm working on that. I have. Um, Let's plug them all. Let's plug them all. I know your stuff's dope. Like <laughs> I don't know. Um. So this weekend, I I'll be working with a magazine. Um, they're creating or they're putting together an artistic team for um, an artistic and creative team for the magazine. It's a hair magazine. Um, I've known the the owner, the creator of the magazine for years. And, you know, I've, he was always trying to get me to shoot with him for his magazine. But um, I just never had the time or it just when it, when the opportunity came up, it was just so much going on. So I finally shot with him last October. And he was like, yeah, I'm putting together um, an artistic team for the magazine. Um, we'll be doing education and this, that, and the other. So um, I'll be working with him and, 
in the magazine this weekend to try to it's kind of like a tryout mm-hmm. but I don't you know I'm pretty confident I'm pretty confident <laughs> I think that it's gonna vote very well for you um, I'm just excited to hear um, what happens so how about we get together after you get the gig and we can like brag with you, help sell some magazines. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. That's cool. And uh, tell you know, definitely uh, shout out the biz. Uh, tell them the. Uh, oh, yeah. I don't know if I want to do that. No, I okay. Was, I was on here talking about my first experiences with porn and stuff. <laughs> Maybe the next one. Maybe the next okay. One. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um yeah um you know you can catch me um online i don't be doing that and i just be low-key living life um i'm at chubby idris elba um facebook twitter you know what it is apple music (laughs) i guess i'll i guess i'll plug myself Mm -hmm. since you too but um yes my um i am a senior cosmetologist um my instagram handle is beware underscore cosmetology um and it's beware cosmetology on all platforms facebook twitter um so that's where you can find me definitely one of the best in the biz she's she's fancy she's humble uh, she doesn't want to brag too much, but uh, one of the best in the business. If you're in the D.C. area, um, you definitely have to make that a point. Um, doing big things. Um, hopefully, uh, we can have uh, Tiffany join us again, and uh, we can talk about another uh, topic. Um, I should put the pressure on her and have her uh, shout it out, call it, or whatever. But I'm gonna be a uh, a, a gentleman. Okay. Are you telling me that I should come up with the next topic? What do you want to do the next one on? Oh, I don't know. I didn't think about it. Okay. I don't know. I I'll, I'll come up with something. Okay. I'll um I'll be on the lookout for the next one. Um. Until then. You definitely got to check her out. Uh, at is it Instagram? You said at beware. Yes, underscore cosmetology. Underscore cosmetology. Um, until the next episode. Peace. All right, bye. The Modern Black Man Podcast.